0: It's always a pleasure to come and uh, yeah, there's not many of us pommies left now they're wiping us out (laughs) but praise God, it's good to be in the house of the Lord whether we're in church or whether we're at home we're still in the presence of the house of God, aren't we? I want to bring a word to you this morning that the Lord laid on my heart a few weeks ago now, but I didn't feel it was the right time to bring it, Uh, but I feel now with the approaching, hopefully the approaching time of reopening, um, that this is the time for it. And so turn with me to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3, background of course Moses um, had run away from Egypt and for 40 years he had been living in the wilderness really uh, looking after sheep which was not a very pleasant situation for someone that had been raised as a prince of Egypt. But it says in chapter three, now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert. So that's not a very conducive place to go for your holidays, is it? And came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he, was, he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the midst of the bush and said, moses moses and he said here am i we'll leave it there the thought that really impacted me um, and i felt it was a word from the lord for this church was that little phrase that moses turned aside to see Moses at this time was at a place of divine meeting with the Lord. Did God choose the place and lead Moses to it or move to where Moses was walking? It doesn't matter. The important thing was that God had an appointment with Moses. Though Moses did not know that at the moment. Burning bushes in the backside of the desert there were not uncommon. They would shrivel up and die in the heat and very often catch fire. The thing that intrigued Moses about this one was that it burned but was not consumed. It continued to keep burning because this was divine. Moses could have ignored it and just walked on by. But it says that he turned aside to see. That meant he had to ignore the sheep, leave the sheep. I think, thinking about it, this bush must have been some little distance away for Moses to keep his eye on it long enough to see that it kept on burning and was not consumed. And the sheep would not have gone near a blazing fire anyway. And so it meant that Moses had to ignore his sheep, leave them, pause in his journey, change direction, and walk to where the bush was burning. And at this point, he did not know that God was going to meet with him there. He did not know that this was a divine appointment with God Almighty. He'd set out on just another normal day, as he'd been doing for all of these years, living there with Jethro and his family and everything else, every day looking after the sheep. This was not a special day. It was not marked on the calendar as a day where God was going to do something spectacular. It was just an ordinary day, the same as hundreds of other ordinary days. But he did not know that God was going to meet with him there. And when we are on life's journey in the Lord, there are often unexpected divine appointments that he arranges, God arranges, like points on a railway track that will change the course of our lives. The appointed encounter that day with God was going to mandate him, it was going to empower him, And it was going to instruct him for the rest of his life. The important thing was, it was in God's timing, not Moses. God had prepared Moses to be a ruler. He'd been a prince in Egypt. And so he was destined to be a ruler. But then God changed him into a caring, humble leader by making him a shepherd looking after woolly sheep. And also he was a defender because he defended those young women at the well when he first met them. But every day for the past 80 years was a daily training from God, a molding, a preparation. Moses, of course, didn't realize this. He didn't understand that every day although it seemed like another mundane day, the same as all the previous days, that progressively and slowly God was preparing him and molding him. The important thing was it was in God's timing, not Moses' timing. It was in God's timing for the Israelites. He had prophesied to Abraham, God had prophesied to Abraham in Genesis 15, And verse 13, that they would be strangers in the land that is not theirs, which of course was Egypt and will serve them, the Egyptians, that is. And the Egyptians will inflict them 400 years for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And so this was a time in God's agenda where things were now going to come together. And all three things met together in God's appointed time that day, though Moses was totally unaware of it. The Bible says it is God who works in you to will and to do his good pleasure. And there are so many days that pass in our lives where we are not consciously aware that God is working within our lives, but he is. All the time, God is working in our lives to shape us and to do his will. Many things, you know, take place in the spiritual realm that we are not conscious of. But they are part of determining our steps, our lives, our future. You think of Job with all he went through. He was not aware of the battle that was going on between God and Satan that he was like almost like a pawn on a chessboard in this. He was not aware of all that was taking place in the spiritual realm during those days. But there are huge implications this day for Moses simply because he turned aside to see. It's interesting to note, it says, Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Verse 4 says, And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, then God called to him. It was not the other way around. It wasn't God calling and then Moses turning aside. It was first Moses turned aside And when God saw him turn aside to see, then God spoke to him and brought these amazing statements to him. At these times, we need to stop and to see what is God seeking to say and to do. Because there are certain divine appointments that are often presented to us unexpectedly. Things can happen to us unexpectedly, out of the blue. And when they are presented to us, we need to stop and, like Moses, turn to see and seek God to see what he is wanting to do and to say. God brought Israel to Mount Sinai, to Mara, to Elim, all important places of change, direction, instruction, law-giving, life-saving, etc. There are events that come to us which are part of the uh, progress and, and growth in our lives. Hudson Taylor, of course, was one of the most famous missionaries that's ever lived. And before he he was called to China, and before he could get on the boat to go there, he was stricken with TB, which, of course, in those days was extremely serious disease. And he put him in bed for six months, and most of us would have lain there feeling very sorry for ourselves and disconsolate. What he did, he got a map of China and pasted it on the foot of his bed, So every day he was reading, studying that map of China. He knew every detail about China when he actually did go there and he changed his lifestyle, he lived as a Chinaman, he dressed as a Chinaman, he ate as a Chinaman. I think he even thought like a Chinaman. But the thing is that six months had moulded him, although he was not aware of it, until he became such a great missionary. In Psalm 123, in verse 2, it says this, Behold, as the eyes of a servant look to the hand of their masters, as the eyes of a maid to the hand of her mistress, in other words, the psalmist is saying, just like a little servant girl will watch her mistress to see what the mistress wants to say and wants her to do, It goes on, So our eyes will look unto the Lord until he has mercy upon us. Our eyes will look to our Lord. In Isaiah 8 and verse 17, he says, And I will wait on the Lord who hides his face from the house of Jacob, and I will hope in him. Here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me. We are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. And when they say to you, that's when the people of the world say to you, Seek those who are mediums and wizards who whisper and mutter. In other words, when the country has gone into paganism and idolatry and witchcraft, He says, should not a people seek their God? Do you think that's indicative, a description of where we are in our world today? I believe it is. As as Isaiah was saying, when they are saying to you, go and seek the wizards, go and seek those who whisper and mutter in spiritual idolatry. And when those things are pervading across the land, should not that be a pressure upon us as the people of God to seek their God? And I believe in our, as we look in our society, as we look in our country, we have to say our country is in the same situation of so much wickedness and so much evil and so much riotous living, so much spiritual idolatry and paganism. And the answer should be, should not a people seek their God? This should drive the church to its knees when we see these things, because we should realize, as Isaiah said, we are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts. This people should be raised up. When wickedness and idolatry rise in the nation, the church must rise to seek the Lord. And I believe this is a time when God is saying to this church, to this fellowship, it's time to seek the Lord, to turn aside to see. Isaiah 40, that well-known scripture, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. Jeremiah 14 and 22. Are there any among the idols of the nations that can cause rain? Or can the heavens give showers? Are you not he, O Lord our God? Therefore... We will wait for you, since you have made all of these things. Jeremiah was saying, the world is powerless compared with the might of our God. And this is a time for us to seek the Lord. I believe, as I've known this fellowship now for 12 years. Actually, since we came back from England. And God has I've seen God has brought this church on a journey. So much has been taught and learned, but pretty much hidden. Like Moses learned for eighty years under the hand of God until the appointed time for him to be revealed to Israel. There is an appointed time. God didn't reveal Moses to Israel. After 50 years or 60 years or 70 years, there was an appointed time that was nothing really to do with Moses so much. It was more to do with Israel fulfilling their allotted time in Egypt as God had prophesied to Abraham. But I believe this is now the time for the revelation of the sons of God to this world as he did with Moses. With Moses, it was 80 years, 40 years of it really humdrum, every day the same, until suddenly there came a day where God had prepared him for the day of revelation, which he suddenly brought to pass. A little while ago, um, God dropped into my spirit just before a prayer meeting, the phrase, it is time to break the pitchers," And I thought, what does that mean? And my mind instantly, of course, went obviously to Gideon, where Gideon had been told by the Lord God had whittled down Gideon's army, uh, who was going to do battle with the greatest army, the Midianites. God whittled his army down to 300 men, and they The instruction was to go out with a torch, with a pitcher, and with a trumpet. And Gideon sent them out so that they basically surrounded the camp of the Midianites. And the instruction was from Gideon to all the 300. And they must have been sure men of faith. When you see me act, do like I do. They put a pitcher, which is like an earthen vessel, over the lamps. They held the lamp in their left hand with the pitcher over it, a trumpet in their right hand. And Gideon said, When I do, you do like I do. And at a given moment during the night, as the Midianites slept, Gideon took his trumpet and smashed the pitcher so that now the light was fully exposed and put the trumpets to their mouths and blew. And you can imagine the effect during the middle of the night to wake up from sleep and see these lights all the way around on the hills around them and these trumpets blasting away in the middle of the night. You can just imagine the effect. The important thing is, though, it says when they did that, it says the Lord caused confusion amongst the Midianites and they started to fight one another in the confusion. And it brought about their defeat. When the Gideon and his 300 did a simple thing, God did a mighty thing. What God did was in no way proportionate to what the, the 300 did. But God said, it's time. It's time to break the pitchers, to suddenly reveal the light And sound those trumpets. Trumpets in the scripture are always associated really with war and victory and rejoicing. And it's time, church, for us to break the pitchers. And I believe that for this church in particular, it is something that God is saying, it is time to turn aside to seek the Lord. What does it mean to turn aside? See, with Moses, when he turned aside, it was a time for a mandate to be given him by God. It was a time for a new empowerment. He tried to bring some deliverance to Israel under his own way by killing an Egyptian, and that caused him to have to run away because he's trying to do it under his own way, his own strength. But this was going to give him a new empowerment where he would speak the word of God over Egypt and bring about the great deliverance of the children of Israel. It was going to bring an anointing for the service of God that he'd never known. It was going to bring a revelation of the plans and purposes of God. And I believe because Moses turned aside to see he received all of that, and you know the rest of the story. So for this church, what does it mean? Well, I believe when God is saying things like this to us, it means we've got a pause in our journey that we have planned. Moses, no doubt that day, the same as every other day, for if I go over that hill and that hill, I know there's some good grass for the sheep and he got his plans for the day. It means changing our plans, leaving the sheep. It means we need to make time to draw near to God, to hear the plans and the purposes of God instead of our own plans and purposes. It means turning from the traditional advice and wisdom of men to hear what God has to say. God rarely, if you looked in history and you've noticed, God rarely repeats what he's done before. If you examine the revivals of God, you'll find every one of them are different. God never seems to repeat anything. He's a God of infinite variety. And we can read and think, oh, this happened in that day. I would love to see that happen again. And of course we would. But I am convinced that the next time that God moves in tremendous power and authority is going to be different from anything he has done before. And I actually, this is my own belief, I actually think it's going to encompass the young people in a huge amount But that's just what I feel. In Exodus 33, God said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that you Uh, that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except that you go with us. Now here's the key. So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. You see, sanctification is a very, very necessary part. God calls us the sanctification. And you notice what Moses is saying, we shall be separate from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. If we want to see the real power of God demonstrated, friends, I tell you this, it demands our sanctification. It demands us separating. So uh, if you look at how things have gone in recent years, you can often see how the church has tried to bring in the things of the world, to entice the world, to seem acceptable to the world. But no, listen, we as people of God must be separate from the world. If you want to know the real power of God, it calls for separation, sanctification, Is a vital part. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you. What a tremendous phrase that is. I know you. Why was God saying that? It was in response to the heart of Moses and the people. If your presence doesn't go with us, we don't want to go. You see, Moses could have said, okay, well, we know the plan, we're off to Canaan. We're going to have a wonderful life in Canaan. Land of milk and honey, wonderful, let's go. But Moses made a very definite statement. If your presence doesn't go with us, we're not going. It isn't Canaan. It's your presence that counts. If you don't go with us, God, we're not going. That's quite a thing to say to Almighty God, isn't it? So often people say, you know, we want the blessing of God. Yes, we do want the blessing of God. But God is bigger than his blessing. God is more important than his blessing. It's his presence that counts. Moses was not content with just the things of God. He wanted God himself. And when we look at the heart of Moses, when he's talking to God like this, you can see how it worked out that when he was leading the children of Israel for all those years, He had his own dwelling place, and it said every day he went and met with God. Every day God would meet with him. Because he had that heart with God that said, unless your presence goes with us, we're not going. I want you, God, and I will be separate. We will be a separated, a sanctified, a holy people to our God. We will not bother. You notice what he said, from all, separate from all the people who were upon the face of the earth. Later on, it's sad to see how the world, the nations round about, influenced Israel so that they became, they took their idols on, they took their ways of worship on, they took many things on. They wanted a king like the other nations. They, they forgot what was going on here. But Moses had this heart for God who said, if your presence doesn't go with us, I'm not going. And God said, I know you. What a thing to say. God knows us. God knows us. He knows us because his heart is for people who seek him with all of their heart. And this occurred when Moses turned aside from his journey in order to seek the Lord, and it started with that time, but it concluded his life with that amazing experience that he had with God. Forty days and nights on the mountain with him, every day as they journeyed through the wilderness, meeting with God. It means turning aside means changing our routine and our pathway, stopping what we usually do or are involved in, in order to hear what God has to say. I found it interesting that it says when God saw what Moses did, God reacted to Moses. When God saw Moses turn aside to see, then God spoke. And that is what I believe he is saying to us as a people here. We need to humble ourselves. You know that scripture well, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked way. Moses was raised as a prince of the most powerful nation on earth. And yet Numbers 13 describes him later on after God had dealt with him as the meekest man on the face of the earth. God has his ways of changing, doesn't he? God gives grace to the humble, but resists the proud. Now, I believe this is just a first step for this church. I believe God is saying to this fellowship, I am calling you to turn aside. I don't fully understand and I don't profess to exactly what that means. I believe God will unfold it. It's only the first step. What God will do and say when you do turn aside to the Lord, I believe God will reveal it to Pastor John and the leadership here. What that is, I do not know. I don't pretend to know. I'm not the pastor of this church. But I believe that God will reveal it because that's what he does. He reveals his ways to the leader who is Pastor John. And God will show the plan that God has for this church. But I believe with all my heart that as the world is crying out, the Bible says that the the earth is groaning for the revelation of the sons of God, that God is going to take has taken this church on a journey so far, but it is now coming to the time of the revelation and the empowerment of it, the authorization of it in a totally new dimension that you have never known before and that God is going to do signs and wonders and marvelous things in and through this fellowship. I believe that but it's going to happen when we as a people say we are setting our hearts, our minds to turn aside to see and to meet with God. And in that moment of meeting, whole destinies were changed, not just for Moses, but for all the children of Israel who had spent all of these years crying out to God under the servitude and the whips of the Egyptians. They had been crying out to God and thinking God hadn't heard them. They were not aware that for 80 years God had been preparing for the appointed time of their deliverance and their being rescued from the wicked hand of the Egyptians. They didn't know that. But there was an appointed time Where God said as he had prophesied to Abraham, at the end of that 400 years, then they will be brought out. And I believe there are appointed destinies in God. And the destiny for Moses was that day, that hundred ordinary day, that suddenly God turned up because it was in God's agenda, in God's timetable, not in Moses'. But that day changed Moses and his destiny for the rest of his life. It changed the destiny of the whole of Israel. It changed the destiny for Egypt. It changed the whole world. It changed history because we are still talking about it today. One day, one day changed all of those things. That one moment when a bush burned with fire, and a man turned aside to see. And that is the question, I believe, for this fellowship. Will you turn aside to see? Simple, isn't it, really? Will you turn aside to see? I believe God has an appointed time and destiny for this fellowship. And just like I heard those words regarding Gideon, it's time to break the pictures. There are moments in God's agenda which are moments of eternal destiny. And I know with all my heart God has this moment for you as a fellowship. All of you that count this church as your church under the leadership of Pastor John, Pastor Kerry and all the elders turn aside make that choice. It's going to be I believe it's going to be a an unfolding revelation I'm not trying to preempt it. I'm not trying to guess what it's going to be. I do not know. But as it unfolds, you will know. As God reveals it, you will know. When Moses turned aside to see, then God spoke. And that, I believe, is what God wants for you in this fellowship. Can I pray and then we've got to hang back So Pastor John, Father, I thank you that you are the God of eternity. Your ways, your plans, your purposes are beyond our understanding. But Lord, we want to fit in with what you are proposing, you are doing. And Lord, I believe that you have this destiny for this fellowship, that this is a people who are going to rise up, under the mandate of almighty god under the anointing and the empowerment of almighty god to for signs and wonders to be done amongst the people of this area in jesus name father we surrender totally to your will your plans your purposes we ask you to reveal those things in the appropriate moments and times. We would sanctify our hearts before you. We would be people that are separate from the ways and the demands of the world. Lord, we want to sanctify our hearts unto you that we will honor you and walk in your ways and bring pleasure to your heart. In the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you for that which is yet to come. But oh God, help us with one heart to turn aside, to see and to hear what God would say to his church. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs)